morning, four minutes past five. It's getting ever closer, isn't it? We're getting, we're getting dangerously near the time when, have you ordered your Christmas presents? No. Oops. Just talking to, uh, to Christo's producer. He said, I think I better start doing some Christmas shopping. I thought, blimey, you've left... Unless you've only got to buy for two or three people, it doesn't actually make any difference. If you're buying for a load of people and you've got to get presents out, it's also, I think, last day for posting overseas, because it, it ain't going to get there, I'm afraid. I did send a card to America the other day to Paul Savory. So hopefully... I thought it was quite good value, actually. pound sixteen pence to send a card from here to America. I thought, that is really good. I wish I could send myself in the same way. It'd be cheaper than the, uh, than the, uh, than the air flights and the, uh, the prices that they're actually uh, charging. Good news for the army wives. They are the Christmas number one. And the reason I'm delighted is the tax man has retreated in the battle to charge VAT. So that's very good news. The second bit of good news is I think it proves once and for all that you, the great British public, have decided that you would rather see at the top of the charts some proper people, real people, not something assembled, not something from a TV programme, uh, even though they were on a TV programme and they did make a TV programme, they're proper people. They're not, they're not going to start releasing albums and stuff like that. This was their Christmas number one. They sold. Well, put it, give you an idea. You don't need to sell very many singles now to get to number one in the charts. And Little Minx, who've now renamed themselves sort of the new Spice Girls, which, of course, they are not. And I guarantee you, in a, year t- a year's time, you won't be seeing anything of them at all. Uh, they only sold something like 36,000 copies of their record, whereas the Army Wives sold 303,000 copies. That's the feeling in the country at the moment. That's how you're voting. You're voting for real people, not something, you know, which is shamelessly exploited on the television and you have a fake programme and they put somebody together and they go, and here they are and and they're going to be your new best friend. No, they're not. They're absolutely not. I would rather vote for the Army Wives every time because they're real people. In fact, I depressed myself again this morning by watching the Festival of Remembrance and they were there singing and Alfie Bow, we've done really well, we've done really well making you go to YouTube and have a look at Alfie Bow singing Over the Hills. It's a real great song. And um, when it started and, uh, and I, I looked on YouTube, he had something like 220 hits. And so I, I pushed it and pushed it and pushed it. And I think he's up to about 17,000 now. Which is really good, because it's such a good song. Makes you feel proud to be British. Not many things make you feel proud to be British nowadays. So, this morning, as all these uh, young people are out on the streets, and they've got nowhere to sleep... I don't know where they are, because I don't see these people. I see, this morning, an exceptional amount of very smart young men on the streets. And and it was noticeable that they were very smart and very polite. Everybody wearing grey suits. I, I seriously thought it was the Mormons... But it wasn't. Everybody was wearing grey suits, white shirts, very smart. And they were all over Piccadilly Circus. They were all over outside the Ritz. They were all outside here. Uh, there were two standing in our doorway. And, uh, excuse me, said, uh, oh, sorry. Uh, very polite people. So I don't know whether or not it was, uh, it was Eton schools turning out for, for Christmas. But either way, very polite people, very nice. Unusual. This time of the morning, generally, you get the dregs of society, <laughs> you know, slumped on the pavement, clutching some of this ghastly fast food which is available all over the place. So, this morning, apart from all your usual texts and emails and uh, and phone calls, we shall sort of weave in the stories from the papers that make you go, mm, or, mm, or, ha-ha. Anne Whittacombe is talking about buying uh, a present for a cat. And it, it did make me think, actually, that 
a lot of people do buy presents for for their for their pets. It's quite normal to go into pet shops and there's an array of Christmas gifts for animals. And I wonder whether or not you're one of those people who does buy Christmas gifts for pets. We did it years ago. And then we gave up buying Christmas gifts for the cat because we discovered it was just as happy with a ball of, of paper, which was sort of scrunched up aluminium foil, or felling that a paper bag, which you sort of, you opened up and the cat would put its paw in and then look round the back and it provided endless amusement for us. Endless amusement. Um, you're probably the same at Christmas. You probably wrap a present up for the cat. Go, look, oh, present. Never give food. food. Food's always very bad to give to, uh, to pussy cats, I think. Uh, also, men are too polite to tell women to lose weight. Not me. Wait, fatty. Lose some weight. Men generally don't say... Why? I don't... I've got no idea. Why? I say it to people around here all the time. Christo, lose some weight, I say. Fat boy, fat, lose some weight. You know, but it's... People say, that's terribly rude. And I go, it's not rude. It's caring. It's actually caring. It means that you care because you don't want them to sort of succumb to heart disease and strain on their heart and all that kind of stuff. You think, you know, you think caring thoughts about people at this time of year. Come the 2nd of January, I couldn't really care less. But at this precise moment, I always think, you know, you have to be nice to people at Christmas. And we're all going to put it on, aren't we? We're all going to arrive back after Christmas, and we're all going to be slightly bigger than we were before Christmas. It's because all we do is sit in chairs and eat. Sit in chairs and eat. We don't do anything else. There'll be the tin of toffees in the corner, and every so often you'll dive in. One more toffee. And before you know where you are, you've eaten half a tin of toffees. I mean, it doesn't matter how many satsumas are out on the sideboard and how many nuts and Brazil. You cannot be bothered, can you? You'd rather unwrap a toffee. You know, if there were little... little I wish somebody would make miniature, miniature food. I know we have party food, but that's a bit naff, isn't it? Because it's going to be volivants. It's going to be little... Chicken satays and stuff like that. You know, and that's why mum's gone to Ireland. So you get 60 pieces of food for £5. And you think, oh, God. It's just... It's very... Unim- no, they do, they, do, they do a box of 60 bits for a, for a fiver, which actually is really cheap. When you consider, you probably get about eight for £3 in Miles and Spencer's. They are slightly bigger and the quality is different, of course. The review that we gave you yesterday, unfortunately, of uh, Iceland's three birds, one inside each other... That's incidentally food as opposed to customers, uh, was in fact the lowest score we've ever seen of anything. It got a, a rating of two out of ten. They said it couldn't have actually put less turkey in the thing. Because it's what it is, it's reconstituted meat that they form round and they debone, which we discovered the other day was called spatchcock, I think. That's what that's what all the guys down at Smithfield tell us, spatchcock, apparently. And that's where you take all the bones out and then you reform it round there. And so three birds, one inside the other. Memo to the only way is Essex girls uh, is the kind of thing you're going to be having. Yes, but it's not new. I got I was inundated yesterday with emails and texts from people saying this goes back to Henry VIII's time. Henry VIII, when they were at Hampton Court Palace, they were shoving everything inside, and then I've heard them doing it with other animals. You know, sheep within a this, within a that, and th- all the rest of it, and they're terribly popular. Why? I've got why you can't just have one bird at Christmas? I've got no idea. Or if you're vegetarian. Just one nut roast inside another nut roast is not the most exciting thing. Perhaps with a layer of sprouts. Who knows? We'll make something very exciting with it. I did some spare ribs the other day. And, and I bought them. And, and the sell-by date is today. Or, or what I call the expiry date. That's when I think the food goes off. So I, I, I throw stuff away. I'm really awful. I, I look at it and I think, just in case... But I know they are on the side of caution. So I did these spare ribs. And I wasn't quite sure how to do them in a halogen oven. 
And then I discovered the easy thing to do was to wrap them in foil. They, were, they weren't frozen, but they were sort of in foil. And, and I put them in a halogen oven for about 20 minutes, and then I took them out of the foil. Amazing how much water comes off things like that. It's amazing how much water is pumped in. And, and then I laid them in a, in a tray and then put them back in the halogen oven just to crisp them up again. They were delicious. And I put a little bit of... Um, of a tangy chilli sauce over the top, which made, made me sound quite adventurous. It makes me sound a bit Delia Smith, a little bit cordon bleu. It was more bleu than cord, but it was quite nice. And so I, I, I said, and then I got carried away with it. I did another lot. And then unfortunately, I fell asleep on the settee because I put the heating on. And I woke up, and luckily the oven turned itself off. And I went out there and looked at them. And they, they, they looked a bit, a bit rank, but I still ate them because <laughs> they were still slightly warm. Still slightly warm. There's a terribly sad story of a, of a girl today. She works uh, in a... Uh, Hollister. I don't know anything about Hollister. I'm assuming it's a fashion store. And she uh, was a model there. But I think most of the staff are taken on as models. I think what you do is you model the clothes that they have in the store. It's a bit like working for Abercrombie and Fitch. Most of the people in there seem to be chosen for their looks. They don't seem to be chosen for anything. You walk past, I feel inferior just walking past the front door. And they had a guy out there outside the one in... Uh, where was it? Shepherd's Bush at uh, Westfield. And he had his shirt off standing. And I thought, you'll catch your death of cold. You really will. And he was sort of sick. But they'd sprayed him with this fake tan. It looked ghastly. And ever since then, I've never been in Abercrombie and Fitch. And I've never been in Hollister's. But this, this girl is a schoolgirl. She's 16. Her name was Gabrielle Joseph. I say her name was because she killed herself. Why did she kill herself? Because she had a date with a boy and he cancelled it. Now, quite clearly... This girl was... I mean, lots of people. I know when you're 16, it's really difficult. And, you know, love is love is love, and it makes you ill. I never know anybody who has a great time when they're 16 and they fall in love. It's just permanent heartache and misery, and you feel sick. When you're a bit older, you're a bit bit hardened to the kind of thing like that. But generally speaking, you feel a bit sick in your tummy. You don't feel good about everything. You feel just... I don't know, but she felt so terribly depressed about things that she couldn't... She couldn't cope with things. And her parents said afterwards, if only she'd spoken to us. And that's the trouble with young people nowadays. They don't talk to people. They don't say anything. They bottle everything up because we've developed into a society where nobody says anything. Nobody says a word to anybody. You know, so you keep things bottled up and eventually when something happens, something breaks or eventually you go completely round the twist. And she must have been so fed up and so depressed that she stepped in front of a train. And her, her father said on the day of her death she, she was uh, groggy and pale. She was uh, distressed. She sent a text out saying, I'm, I'm going to do this. And nobody picked up on it at all, which was just so, so sad because it's such a waste of a life and it's such a waste at Christmas. And it's the kind of thing that perhaps we, we need to start doing more. We need to start talking to people. Nobody says a word. Nobody says anything to people. People just go stum because you don't like to show your emotions. You don't like to show your feelings. You don't actually like to do anything at all. But I have found the treat for you today. I'm going to die for this one. You know we had deep-fried Mars bar? Wait for this one. This is the deep-fried Braveheart butter bomb. It is balls of frozen butter, OK, soaked in batter, laced with either of Scotland's national drinks, which is IRN brew or whiskey, and then deep-fried. Who in their right mind, apart from the Scots, would eat anything? Hello, hands up. You're not really, not deep fried butter. Please tell me not, Louise. Please not deep fried butter balls. I mean, it's just, it's, it's guaranteed to kill within about a year. Because it's also served with several dollops of IRN brew ice cream, a drizzle of sticky coolie, a voila. 
and you have what is what is something that could be described as something that's going to kill you very quickly. Deep-fried butterballs, ladies and gentlemen. Don't even go there unless, of course, you know something worse. Probably the great British fry-up, I should imagine. I couldn't even manage that this morning. I've decided, coming up to Christmas, it's not diet, 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 but I've just got to watch it this year. I've really got to watch I've taken the lead from Christo's producer overnight, and he doesn't look like he eats anything either. He's one of those sickening people, you know, because eat everything and not put on an ounce of weight. It's quarter past five. These are the headlines this morning on LBC 97.3. The homeless charity Shelter says almost 70,000 children are living in temporary accommodation. It comes as research shows the number of empty homes in England has risen to more than 600,000. That's up nearly 12,000 over the last year. Halifax says it's having a significant impact on the housing market. A legal move aimed at halting a planned strike by tube drivers on Boxing Day is heard later. London Underground's going to the High Court to challenge the validity of the strike called by the Aslef Union. And tens of thousands of British women who've had a certain type of breast implant are being told they don't need to have them removed, despite concerns abroad. Women in France may be told later they must be taken out over worries they could leak or even cause cancer. To the LBC 97.3 Travel Centre, Jay Louise. Thank you very much, Steve. Morning, 19 minutes past five. Wednesday morning in London town, it's the 21st. That means you've got four days. Well, in fact, you've, in theory, got three days to get the shopping done. So if if you haven't done it by now, perhaps you're one of these people who doesn't do Christmas. I'm assuming, of course, naively, that everybody does Christmas and everybody wants to sort of go and buy presents for everybody. But quite clearly, there's a number of people who really couldn't care less about it. And so, for you, present buying doesn't mean anything, does it? And also, I suppose, sending cards. They were doing a thing on the television yesterday, the loose women were deciding, cards or not cards? And the majority of them, strangely, went cards, except, who was it? Was it Janet Street Porter? She might have gone cards, I think. But whatever it was, it was was the oddest person on the panel, and they have some odd people on the panel, deciding uh, whether to send cards or not. I've sent e-cards this year. I've sent quite a few e-cards. Which is, which is quite nice, and it's easy. You don't have to sort of go to the post box. And also, it doesn't... I mean, I'm not doing it for cost reasons. I'm doing it because I think... Actually, I lie. I am doing it for cost reasons. I'll tell you for why I'm doing it for cost reasons, because I look at the price of Christmas cards now, and I've seen some of the ghastly things that people send at Christmas. You know, the big ones, to my boyfriend. You know, and it comes out of Clinton's in a box, three foot by two foot. I mean, what you do with these things, I've got no idea after Christmas. I've got a rough idea, but whether it works or not, I don't know. And so people go out and they spend a lot of money on cards, you know, padded cards, cards with moving bits on it. I personally like cards, as you know, with things that flash and and music and stuff like that. I'm not wild about the glitter cards. I like them, but I end up being covered in the thing. And certain people who listen to this programme decide that every year they're going to send me the glitteriest card they can ever find. So I go out there and I look at the price and I think, £2.65, £2.65 for a piece of bent-over cardboard with a, with a nice picture of a robin something. I've had some really lovely cards, some really traditional things, which I love. But then I think £2.65. So you, you send that to Great Aunt Winifred, and she opens it up. She goes, oh, it's nice. Look, Stephen sent me a card. She puts it on the mantelpiece. It's, that's the only time she ever looks at the inside of it. She only opens the inside, because if you get a lot of cards, you open up and you go, oh, that's from, oh, it's from Betty, that's lovely, and put it on the mantelpiece. And then the only time you sort of look at it again is when you take it off the mantelpiece to throw it away, either on the fire or you put it out with the recycling bin, and you, you open the card to check that there's not an address inside, one of those we've moved labels, in which case then you need to cut that out and put it in your address book. That's the only time. So it, it seems a bit pointless buying Christmas cards. 
Whereas the e-card, the Jackie Lawson e-card this year, is a really cute one of a kid dragging a sledge. You can't put it on a mantelpiece, but you can have it up on your computer all the time, so it can be a big Christmas card. You know, a very big Christmas card. And it's... It, it just—it was pretty. It's a kid dragging a sledge, and it's a dog, and it's a little church, and it's like, and it's just nice. It's just festive. It's festive. Would you be? I have to ask you this question this morning because I thought this woman was incredibly brave. Would you be a have a go hero? Would you, or would you be? I don't want to get involved. There's a lovely lady called Gillian Wilson, and Gillian Wilson lives in a in a lovely house in West Yorkshire. Three, let's just, for the purposes of this programme, call them Towrag, shall we? Uh, decided that they were going to break into this house and steal. So three people, Nigel Greenwood and uh, two other people, who live on a caravan site in Filey in West Yorkshire, decided to break in. So they break in with masks on. And uh, Gillian Wilson and her husband, Brian, have been having a nice quiet night in. These three men burst in. They tie their son up who is 26, and they threaten to cut his fingers off with a machete unless the couple give them money. So there is the dilemma. The family's Gillian Wilson was having none of this. None of this at all. She runs into the kitchen, she grabs a carving knife, she comes out screaming at Nigel Greenwood and plunges the knife into his arm. He's so shocked... These three men pick up their skirts and run like there is no tomorrow. But unfortunately, because of the blood, they get traced back to the caravan park where they live. And the judge praised her the other day. He said, you're very brave, but it's not for everybody. To me, she gets the Roll of Honour Award. How many other people would have the presence? She said, I don't know what, <laughs> what took me over. Picking up the knife and screaming, thinking, you're not doing this to my son. And then she plunges the knife into his arm. This bloke quite clearly couldn't believe it. And they go, get out, she's mad. Because we've had this dilemma before, and we've talked about it at length on LBC 97.3 over the years on what you can do to protect your own property. And it did appear at one time that there was absolutely nothing you could do. Because in a lot of cases, the burglars ended up suing the people who attacked them in their own homes. Because they went, you, you can't do that. You can't do that to me. That's against my civil liberties. And, all this. and it turned out that the Englishman's home or English woman's home, was not the castle they thought it was. I thought that if you attack somebody on your, your property, that'd be fine. But no, 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 nine out of ten times, these, these horrible, vile, disgusting people um, take you to court. And, and in a lot of cases, they do win. But uh, well done to her. It's a very smart four-bedroom bungalow, but they're on a quiet road. And I do worry about people who live in the... I see these beautiful idyllic houses in the newspapers and on... Uh, in country life, and, and I look at them and I think, that's lovely. If it's so nice, why are you selling it? I worry about things like that. You know, we all, we all fantasise, don't we, about winning the lottery, and what you would do if you won the lottery. Which house would you pick? So you go and buy country life, and you flick through and you go, I'll have that one, and then you think, and it goes, isolated. And you go, that's nice. Isol-, and then you think, oh dear, I'm not really sure whether or not I, sh- I should buy that. I'm not sure whether an isolated house would be good. I'd, I'd worry about that. I have some friends, and they have a lovely house in Essex, and you go down a very, very long drive, and at the end of the long drive, there is this lovely house, and their house was the stables to the big house. But at night time, it is pitch black. Pitch black. It would frighten the life out of me. And the lady who lives there, a friend of mine, said that for the first 
you know, few months, she was petrified. Because if you've got the lights on in the kitchen, you don't think there could be somebody outside looking in. Because it's quite easy for anybody to walk down a drive and then just have a quick period. Now, that would frighten the life out of me. It was an Only Fools and Horses, I think, uh, episode. And the episode was where they went there and there was somebody who'd escaped from a local asylum. And he pretended that he was... I think, one of the wardens there, and he wasn't, in fact. And I found that quite scary, the face at the window. Uh, which reminds me, actually, the man who wrote it, John Sullivan, his will has just been announced, he left eight and a half million pounds. Eight and a half million pounds. Now, I'm tempted to say, well done him, but on the other hand, I'm thinking, all those hit shows he wrote, and it only generated that much money for him. I think he should have been paid ten times that, for, for the pleasure that he gave people in the years. But eight and a half million not bad at all. Lots of pictures. I seriously thought, I'm ever so sorry if, if it's going to offend anybody, but frankly, I couldn't care less this morning. Uh, when I saw Kim Jong-il uh, in, his, in, his, in his glass box, I thought it was a David Blaine escape coming up. I had no idea that this vile despot uh, was actually the person lying on this tacky little arrangement which they've got where the whole country goes into meltdown. I think actually it, it's crying because they've got no idea what befalls them around the corner. It's a very strange place, North Korea. There is no internet access. They do not allow anybody in the country to have access to anybody outside of the country lest they discover there's a proper world out there, you know, with real people, people being nice to each other, as opposed to a murdering despot like Kim Jong-il, who thankfully is dead and now he's put his peculiar son in charge. You know, the, the, the people of the country, when you see the national grief on the television, it's orchestrated for the sake of the country to try and keep it all together. Nine, nine out of ten of these people in a private survey couldn't give a forex whether he was dead or not, I shouldn't think. So they stick him in a glass box. And when I first saw it, I did laugh. I thought, how long is it going to take him to escape from that? Well, they hoist it up to the ceiling. Because his father is also embalmed. And in another, another part of this crackpot town palaces which they sort of put these people there and it's all military junta rest of the country starving rest of the country you know over there if if you don't do very well there's a very good chance you're going to be murdered they don't they don't they couldn't care less they're, they're ruling by fear and they've got uh, lots of mourners with their faces all contorted it, it, to be honest with you it looks like a meeting of the comedy club people sort of crying fake crocodile tears over this dead man who gave them nothing apart from misery no food. Millions died. I mean, just bizarre. I mean, a very dangerous man. But as I say, in death, nothing at all. Nothing at all. But I did think it was a David Blaine act, strangely enough. Uh, I don't know if you're watching the cookery programmes on the television. Are you as bemused as I am by what we should be having for Christmas? I've got no idea what to have for Christmas. I'm, I'm confused. Do I go with Jamie Oliver, whose book is number one in the charts? So, well done, Jamie. I think that's for the third year running. Uh, or do I go with Nigella? Or do I go with... Di I just don't know. I think, in the end, I'll go to Marks and Spencer's, buy the stuff, shove it in the oven, and we'll go... It's very nice to watch the TV programmes, but you know they're all filmed and all in the can. That's why when I look at the front of OK! magazine and I see the ridiculous picture of Peter Andre and even more ludicrous Katie Price, you know, we're going to be together at Christmas for the children. Why don't you just go away and stop living your lives in the spotlight? And you might actually have had a marriage that might have lasted more than 35 seconds. Because, to be honest with you, the more you live in the spotlight, the less chance you are in the, of being in the real world. You're not in the real world. You're just silly little show-offs, and we've all had enough of it. I don't care about you anymore. I really don't. I just worry the fact that the poor kids are dressed up, paraded in front of the cameras. It's another photo shoot just for Mummy and Daddy. You wait till they're old enough to try and work this out for themselves. Uh, anyway, 
So just so I tell you that now, just in, in case you were feeling particularly benevolent this morning towards somebody, because it's Christmas. Can I be nice? Yes, of course I can. It's LBC 97.3, and the time now is 5.30. Pretty eight minutes to six. Would you tell somebody they were fat? Would you, would you be honest? I mean, would you, would you walk down the street, tap somebody on the shoulder and go, not for you, love. Not for you, that. Perhaps eat more at the salad bar. I wonder, I mean, have we ever been brave enough? Would, would you tell your wife? Because men are being urged to tell their wives if they think they're, they're too fat. I can't see that lasting five minutes, can you? Can you imagine? Hello, darling, I've cooked your tea for you. Hello, love. God, you're looking a bit fat, aren't you? Should you not be eating, you know, more, more salad stuff? Right, your stuff's in the bin. Cook it for yourself. That's it. I'm filing for divorce. I'm staying with my mother. You'd never get away with it, would you, really? I don't think anybody's ever honest, are they? Like when somebody, somebody said to me yesterday morning, um, I said, oh, so-and-so, 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 how are you? I went, are you medically qualified to ask me this question? Because we always inquire about somebody's health, don't we? How are you today? Well, you know, today's been a good day. Yesterday was not such a great day. But I wonder, really, come on, you, you can tell me, you can be honest. As men are urged to tell women if they need to lose weight for the sake of their health, it's, it's not for... But bearing in mind, I'm very mindful of the fact that some people are big-boned. And it's, it's not easy, is it? If you're, I mean, I don't think fat people want to be fat. I think, given the choice, if you could wave the magic wand, fat people could be thin again. And that's why dieting is such the big business that it is. Deep-fried balls of butter, I'm not sure about. That just sounds crazy. I mean, we used to, as kids, sit in transport cafes. I mean, not always in transport cafes. And we'd open the sugar packet and pour it into our mouths. Or we'd pick up sugar cubes. And and things like that. So have you told somebody they're too fat? Oi! Fatty. Too fat. Would you Would you tell them? 08456060973. Or have you, have you told somebody and it's backfired? 84850, steve at uk. So, would you tell somebody that... Have you ever, have you ever risked telling the girlfriend? Because I think that sort of people are quite happy with people who are slightly larger or bigger-boned or Rubenesque, as they call it now. Rubenesque sounds nicer, doesn't it? You know, somebody with lots and lots of curves. Or it's a bit like a treasure hunt, I suppose. 08456060973. I love the idea that three cowboy clampers have been jailed. This is Carlton Williams. He needs to eat more at the salad bar. A little fat thug here. Guilty. Uh, five years he's gone to prison for, which is good. They, they ripped people, including one, a soldier, coming back from Afghanistan. And she said, wait a minute, my, my kit is in the back. He said, I've heard all sorts of uh, excuses, love. Pay, pay the money. So uh, Michael Riddle, Lee Stagg and Carlton Williams, who really is a very, very peculiar looking person. They're going to love you in prison, boys. They're looking forward to meeting you already. And uh, they've been jailed. They reckon they made about 350,000 over, I think, three years. So not particularly intelligent either. But uh, they did demand cash with menaces. But uh, Carlton Williams standing outside the court doing the, the usual sort of clever boy thing before they, uh, before they actually jailed him. Which is fantastic, isn't it? So uh, there you go. There you go. Uh, Riddle, who's uh, Michael Riddle, another ugly one. You look as though you're a bit, bit strange, don't you? 18 months. And, uh, and the other one, I think. I think it was Carlton Williams, five and a half years. Oh, you'll have lots of time to lose weight now, won't you, Mr De Williams? Um... Steve, I make cards, so I don't throw away cards people send me. I use them to make cards and gift tax for next year, says Sharon. Which I suppose is the recycling department, isn't it? I think that's, that's the good side of it. Because people do make... I know it's huge. You don't need to tell me. I know lots and lots of people make their own cards. Because I've seen the programmes on the television. How, how long it takes to make cards, I have no idea. So you might need to tell me about this one this morning on 08456060973. Morning, Valerie. 
Oh, good morning, Steve. How are you? I'm good. Maybe another medically qualified person. Why do people me? always ask me if I'm all right? <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. Oh, dear. Oh, whoops, smack hand. Um, sorry about this. Um, I phoned through, and I'm one of these, you know, mm. poverty-stricken people that's um, got hardly any credit. In case it runs out, they've got my number. Okay. I forgot to say, could you call me back? Anyway, um, what it was, yeah, oh, oh, gosh. Somebody has actually said to me, when is your baby due? Oh, you're, you're, you're a fatty. No, 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 no. And you're going you're gonna to empathise with me. I tell you, Steve, I love you so much. Sorry. I've never, ever spoken to you, but I listen to you every morning. Tell me before the credit runs out. We don't, is it going to cost, oh, cost yeah, us quick, money quick, in a minute? OK. Basically, um, quick, quick, quick. I'm normally a size 8 to 10. 8. All right. And I was given medication by this wonderful doctor who said, oh, this one's red, blah, blah, blah. Well, it gave me insomnia. I put on three stoning weights, and now everybody thinks I'm having a baby. Oh, so, so what, what size are you now? And the geese are getting fat and I'm cheesed off. So what, what, what size are you? You were 8 to 10. You're still 8 to 10. I'm 18 to 20 right this minute. Right. And the thing is, um, people could say, oh, you must have been stuck on your face coming up to Christmas. You know, no. Right. And, 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 and have you come off these, these, these drugs? Yes, but they could have said, oh, I'm so sorry about that. And um, what you do, if you come off 50 milligrams at a time, well, yeah. it's happening because yeah. I'm still fat. Yeah, the, the trouble is, there are certain drugs which people have um, a reaction to, and, it's, and it, it, it can be all sorts of things. I've got to leave it there, actually, Valerie, because the phone line started deteriorating. It sounded as though you've got an aerial on it and it was walking around sounding a bit strange. But, it's, but there are certain drugs which they say the side effect could be that you put on weight. And it can be drugs for all sorts of things. I remember once there was a drug to help you lose weight, but the side effect could be that it made some people have the reverse and you started putting on, because they're, they're all... Everybody's different. Everybody's reaction is, is different. So 8 to 10, and now people saying you look as though you're going to have a baby, which is, uh, which is never the best thing, is it, really? Especially, especially if you're not pregnant. That, that's almost like a... That's like a backhanded compliment. That's like saying, oh, when, when's it due? Knowing damn well they're not going to have a child. You've just said it, because you think it's being, being clever. I thought it was only ladies who made Christmas cards, but apparently I'm wrong. Cliff makes Christmas cards, don't you, Cliff? Morning, Steve. Morning. Happy Christmas Eve, 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 Eve. You really make uh, Christmas cards? I do. Um, oh, you're I, a bit rare. I made, I made them for my kids mm. a few years ago. Uh, just made one each, so that's three kids. And then over the years, they've got a little bit more popular and people have... Ones I've made for people that every year I've got to make about nine or ten now. Right. Um, but they're just... They're kind of funny ones, if you know what I mean. I've, I kind of include pictures of there and, like, strange Christmas scenes. And, and they take about an hour to make each. Each? Yeah, yeah. But I, I do, I love it, and it's, it's really personal. And it's almost like a gift in itself, because, right. you know, it's just not, they just, just open it and then just chuck it on the side. Because, there are, because uh, there are companies on the television, and I've seen the ladies demonstrating, f- fairly hefty ladies demonstrating, and they, they demonstrate the art of making a card, and you can buy this applique, and you, you put, and it seems quite a complicated process, but no, your one is obviously no. slightly different. Yeah, you, you just uh, cut things out, um, pictures from magazines or something or you you make a little house out of kind of different coloured cards and you put um, cotton wool at the bottom glitter oh. uh, lots of things you don't have to I don't actually you know follow any kind of pattern it's just yeah, obviously you just do it <laughs> right. it's fantastic oh nice and, and, and you, you make nine of these a year do you yeah I've got I've got nine or ten to make this year oh. uh, so, do they always yeah. have, have sort of cotton wool and glitter or do you vary 
they do vary. They, they do, do vary. vary. A friend of mine lost a pigeon oh. uh, last year, and it was it was kind of a Christmas pigeon, a father Christmas pigeon <laughs> that I did. So yeah, it, it, does, it does vary, and it's usually very personal to that person. Right. You you, you don't do the round robin letters, do you? Oh, come off it. I'm not a weirdo. <laughs> I didn't realise, until we did this the other day, how many people hate the round-robin letters. Yeah, I've never, I've never, get, I've never got one. But, no, uh, I have. Yeah. I've had quite a few. Yeah, well, James reads them out, doesn't he? And, uh, I know, yes. Well, he, he's, he's somewhat peculiar anyway. I mean, I think secretly he writes them. I think he does one. Today, the family have done this. Today, I did that. I bet you anything. He, he just looks like the sort of person who does that kind of thing. I'm nothing. <laughs> Happy Christmas. Very please. wise. Happy Christmas. Thank you, Cliff, very much indeed. In Stains Upon Thames. It's been renamed. They're trying to upmarket it. It's not helping. I've been to the Elmsley Centre. It is the place that they used to trawl for the Trisha show. And it, it I mean, it really is. If you want to see fake Ugg boots, Stains is your place. Um, I see that David Beckham turned up the other day because he's, he's man of the people. And he went to a pie and mash shop uh, in, his, in his Rolls Royce. I mean, you know, <laughs> and uh, he headed to his favourite one, Tony's Pie and Mash Shop in Waltham Abbey, after tucking in Beck's happily posted pictures with fans. Well, he just got out all by himself, poor soul. It's a bit Billy No Mates, isn't it? I bet Gordon Ramsay's gone, what are you doing? What are you do- Why don't you come round to our place? I think this year they're not having Christmas with the Ramses. They normally have Christmas with the Ramses, and I think for, the- for some reason this year they're not doing it. And I did, I- I did find it slightly odd... That, uh, that old Vic never turned up to that do that, that Dave and the boys went to. That was a little bit strange. Uh, I'd also love to know... I know that Christo was talking an awful lot about um, about homeless people over Christmas. I couldn't believe the, the figures of, of all the people. 70,000 children living in temporary accommodation. 70,000 children. Uh, talking of children, there is a piece in the paper today talking about how many children go missing in this country every year. You could be forgiven for thinking that it's only Madeleine McCann, whose parents keep up a a constant tirade against the press and keep people interested. There are thousands of parents out there, thousands and thousands of them, for whom nobody bats an eyelid. They couldn't care less about their children. They'd been missing some of them for donkey's years. Some of them are sort of well into their sort of early 20s now. They were taken or they vanished when they were very, very young. I love uh, Sally Morgan. Oh, balmy old Sally's back again with Psychic Talk. And my favourite letter again is from a lady who, for the purposes of this programme, we'll call Gemma. And Gemma says, Dear Sally, will I ever fall in love again? Gemma? No, you won't. All right, there you go, solve that one. <laughs> What's the point in lying? What's the... I mean, how daft do you have to be to write to balmy old Sally Morgan... You know, or the woman who claims she can contact the other side to say, "Is there? A, will I ever fall in love again?" She talks to the dead, dear. She doesn't. Oh, dating agency, but she says here, "I sense that you feel completely lost when it comes to relationships." Really, I never got that at all. She only said, "Will I ever fall in love again?" Perhaps there was a bit more to it than that. You've been very hurt in the past and are cautious. You're looking for a companion you can love, have fun with, who likes everything about you. Oh, in keeping with the rest of the country. Big shock there, Sally. My God, you're intelligent, aren't you? She says, I think you put a lot of pressure on yourself to find perfection. All relationships need work. Oh, stunning. The revelations this woman comes up with. She says, but you will find somebody special. There is a name James around you and a bright future love-wise. God help us, James, if you're listening. It's you, mate. Okay, watch out. Gemma's on the way. (laughs) 
I do love Sally Morgan. She's so funny, actually, without actually realising that she's very funny. Uh, other stories in the, in the paper today. The odd scenario of Piers Morgan, who listened to Heather Mills's recorded voice messages and yet can't tell you where he got them from. So one of the papers has, has been a bit cheeky today and they've said, did Heather Mills send them? to Piers Morgan, because otherwise how would he hear these things? So he says, yes, he did hear them. And, and it, I mean, to be honest with you, this, this phone hacking thing, loads of people have just settled. Callum Best has just been given some money, which is a bit lucky, seeing as he doesn't actually have an income as such because his father, who was George Best, didn't leave a penny piece to him. I think he just left a load of empty whiskey bottles and, and I think a watch, and that was about it. So, uh, so quite useful for poor old cat. I don't know what these people do for a living nowadays. I open up the papers and there they all are, and I sort of, I, I sort of worry. I think, Callum Best, what is your job? What is your job? Katie and Peter, Paul in Manchester, says, uh, Peter and K- K- Katie together for the children at Christmas, more like together for the struggling producers of their ITV2 programme. Expect to see a New Year special in January. January. Cynical. Moi. Yes, it's true. I mean, of course there will be, won't there? This will be them, because they've got to come up with new ideas. New ideas. It's like, what are they... They're trying to reinvent for Kerry Katona. I think she's going to be a wedding planner in a new show coming out. She's going to be the... Well, you wouldn't want any wedding that she planned anywhere near you, as far as I'm concerned. I can't think of anything dafter, I'm afraid. So, uh, 84850, steve at or 08456060973. These are the headlines. At quarter to six, the homeless charity Shelter has highlighted government figures showing almost 70,000 children in England don't have a permanent place to live. It comes as a separate study has found that over 660,000 homes are standing empty across the country. A man's in a serious condition in hospital after he was stabbed in South Tottenham. This happened at 5.30 yesterday evening on Seven Sisters Road. No arrests have been made. And the Spurs and England striker Jermaine Defoe has told LBC 97.3 how he hopes to help young people to stop a repeat of this summer's riots. In an exclusive interview, he's also described how he spoke to some youngsters on the streets during the disorder and tried to stop them from getting involved. Let's have a check on London's roads down to the LBC 97.3 Travel Centre and Jay Louise. Thank you, Steve. Good morning. Well, fairly steady. I think we're gradually... Steve Allen. Morning, 12 minutes to six. It's LBC 97.3. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. And uh, just going back to uh, Paul in Manchester, he says, Merry Christmas to everybody on the team and the many friends I've made because of you, Jill, Diana, Jackie, and the lovely Noreen, to name but a few. There we go, you see. Oh, look, Christine Bleakley's working again. Nope, tell a lie, she's not. Sorry, charity event, charity event. Doesn't actually count as as proper job, I don't think. Uh, So this morning, making Christmas cards, because it's quite a big thing now, and there's been a recent survey to say that we should stop sending Christmas cards, because they never get there on time. Guaranteed, four or five days after Christmas, I'll still be receiving Christmas cards. And also, it's very stressful for the post office. I mean, wouldn't it just be easier to pick up the phone? Hello, Merry Christmas, bye. Put the phone down. Send an e-card. Or failing that, carry a pigeon. You know, send, go and get some pigeons. There's loads of them round here. We've got loads in Trafalgar Square. Lovely. And, um, and then you could sort of, yeah, strap a little message in, and that way, and just throw it up in the air, it'll eventually find its way to somewhere. And then, uh, and everybody's happy. Because, I mean, all these... Where do you put them at home? Hands up, who's actually got a mantelpiece anymore? Years ago, people had a mantelpiece. Or failing that, the thing we used to do was a bit of ribbon draped from one light to the other, and you'd put the cards on it so they would hang from the middle of the room. Looked very pretty, you know, but in case of fire, because they are a fire hazard. 
I've noticed that the BBC tree's been taken down this year in Television Centre, because apparently the needle started dropping off and it was health and safety. Aren't you just so bored with health and safety people? You know, what do they do? Let's just call them by their proper names. Little busybodies. Little busybodies who don't actually have anything else to do about like that. You can't have that. You might fall over that. You know, every time, you know, there's something, there's a bit of water there. Wait a bit, can we get the plastic sign out? Thank you. Hazard. Hazard. There's a piece of water on the ground. Oh, somebody might fall on that and sue us, because that's what we do now, isn't it? Oh, hot coffee. Oh, oh, I've scalded myself. Money. Give me money. Well, it comes down to. Noreen reckons that she could take Josh next year to see Father Christmas at the North Pole. Oh, do do it. Do do it. It's really well worth it. Any older, I think Josh is six. I think six is six or seven. You could go to the Arctic Circle. Freezing. It is so cold. It is so so cold. And uh, but you, it's even colder than you expect it to be. It's even colder. Minus thirty. Really, you're inside the Arctic Circle. Polar bears, you know, pull the duvet around themselves again. Not going. Actually, there aren't any polar bears there, uh, or penguins, or anything actually. But just people lagging themselves with reindeer skins. Even the reindeer look a bit fed up with the whole business. But it's it's fabulous. It's so pretty. It is so pretty inside the Arctic Circle. You get the aurora borealis. You get Father Christmas. It's just magical. I wish I wish I'd done it when I was a lot younger. I did go to see uh, a store Father Christmas. And, and I, that, I always remember that one. I went to Gamages, I think, or Barker's somewhere. I can't remember. All I remember is, and it only just struck me about a few years back, how it worked. We, we sort of, we went in, and there was an elf. I think it was a real elf. I think somebody dressed up as an elf. And, um, and they sort of, they opened a door, and we went on to Father Christmas's barge. And, and then we started moving, and the lights dimmed and twinkled, and the walls started moving to pretend that we were going somewhere. And then we, we came out of the door... And, and there was Father Christmas. And I suddenly realised there were two doors at the back of the boat. It wasn't quite as exciting as I thought that we were there. And we met Father Christmas and he gave, hello, hello, what do you want for Christmas? And I'm, I couldn't think of anything. Couldn't think of anything I wanted for Christmas. Nothing's changed, really. So, as men are urged to tell women if they need to lose weight for the sake of their health, not just going up behind somebody going, oi, fatty, doesn't help, does it? Perhaps equally, women could go up behind men and go, excuse me, I think you're too fat. You get a lot of that, don't you? Would you or have you told somebody that they were too fat? Anybody told you to lose weight? 08456060973. Or perhaps somebody's told you you're too thin. Nothing worse, is there? Yesterday it was shoes. Today it's fat and thin. And you still send Christmas cards, or do you just say, listen, I'm not going to send Christmas cards this year, because you might send a text message to everybody who's in your phone system. That would be an easy one. That would be a very good one. I never thought about that. I could send one of those Christmas ho-ho-ho things on my phone... And then, and just send that off. That'd be quite nice, wouldn't it? I, I quite fancy that idea. And then people, because I did send a, um, this e-card to everybody, but I did a general one. So I, I didn't personalise it. I just sent a nice general one. And it, it, it worked really well, actually. I get loads of people saying, thank you very much indeed for the card, because it's the thought that counts, isn't it? These people I've sent an e-card to are special people. I don't send them to everybody. I send them to a few people, which is, which is nice. Uh, Pat says, I'm naturally slim. People comment all the time. I think it's just as rude as saying somebody's fat. Yes, you see, if you're thin, I know thin people who'd love to put on a little bit of weight. On the other hand, I know fat people who'd love to lose a load of weight, and I probably include myself there. Um, one here, are you sure that you're not Jimmy Carr? You know, I've got a tongue on you. Keep going, though, putting and keeping a big smile on my face. I don't even sound like Jimmy Carr. I don't sound like Jimmy Carr. People think Jimmy Carr's rude. I'm just honest. 
I don't believe it's, it's, it's being... I think it's just being honest. Telling the truth, though, sometimes can get you into trouble. That's why I'm not a big advocate of telling somebody that they are fat. But, but if, if somebody's lost weight, I, f- I feel you should say that they've lost weight, because that makes them feel even better. We had somebody in this building, I won't tell you who it is, but he lost a huge amount of weight. And I saw him outside and I went, gosh, you've lost some weight. He went, do you think so? I said, god, phenomenal, phenomenal amount of weight. And, uh, and look really good on it. And there's, a, there's one of the presenters on Capital Radio, Roberto, who lost a lot of weight. Used to be a real fatty. Real fatty. In fact, even, even more than fatty. He was ginormous uh, with bleach blonde hair and everything. And now he's, he's, he's trimmed down. And I didn't realise that he used to be really fat until they did a feature on him in one of the papers over the weekend saying this is what he used to look like. And now, you know, with, with a lot of help and a bit of exercise and swimming and all that kind of stuff, he's lost the weight. It's not easy. Not easy. Dave. Morning. Morning. Uh, my flatmate, who's uh, been a mate for the past three, four years, mm. he constantly started ribbing me, saying I was fat because I was 19 stone one. Oh. And a size 40 inch waist. 40 inch? Yep. Oh. And I'm now down to a 34. And last time I weighed myself, I was 15 stone four, so I've lost nearly four stone in three years, nice mm-hmm. and slowly. How? How, how? how have you done it? Well, the first month, I stopped drinking and I lost the stone straight away. Yes. Drink is... Were uh, you drinking a lot of beer? Yeah. Yeah. Six or eight cans a night because I thought I was uh, happy in my relationship. I was miserable. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, cut out all the drinking, changed all my diet. Even though I used to train at the gym and I thought I was healthy, I wasn't. And no. as I told you, I've lost nearly four stone. That's good. Do you feel better, though? Yeah, mentally and physically. Yeah. Do people comment on how good you look? Uh, <laughs> a, lot, a lot of the boys down the gym think that I'm doing steroids. And I said, how can I be doing steroids when I'm getting smaller? I'm not getting Absolutely. bigger. But you do look leaner yeah. and bigger because your muscles are more defined. It's amazing how, how many people that go to gyms do steroids. Well, yeah. A very common well, problem. Yeah, you end up becoming. I, I did see some guys on steroids. Well, I mean, a it gives you very, very bad mood swings. Very bad mood swings. Yeah. Secondly, your your libido goes down. You become quite aggressive, but your legs end up like tree trunks, <laughs> and you can't. What they can't put their legs together, and they yeah, walk around. Guys, oh, very bizarre. Yeah, most of the girls like skinny little rats, like David Beckham. Of course. Of course, a lean, mean fighting machine. Far, far better. But the trouble is, if, if you've been fat and then you've been thin, being thin is nicer. Well, of, of course, you don't want a fat girlfriend. Well, it is true. Do you have a fat girlfriend? I don't have any girlfriend. I just have many. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> many. So, I mean, I mean, put it this way, given, given the choice, would you go for thin girls? Well, I, 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 I like it. I'd say an ideal for me would be someone like Sharon Davis, and she was a well-built woman. Right, yes, she is. But she's also, she's fit, you see. That's the other thing which people well, like. That, yeah, there, there is that, yeah. People like fit. There's no point in having somebody who's going to be scoffing, you know, a Kentucky party barrel all by themselves and no. the Vionetta. No, you know, no, you, you do want, want, want somebody that can actually sort of get out there and do it. Well done, you, though. But you're quite right. You're absolutely right. For the losing weight, do it. It's little and often. You know, two pounds a week me talking about advising people how to find girlfriends. Somebody wrote to me yesterday, actually, on the programme. They said, as, as you're very good at doing lots of things about advising people about losing weight and everything else, do you think you could set up a club for us single girls so we could find boyfriends? 
And my advice is that we used to have that on LBC 97.3. We used to have a dating service. We had a dating programme. And we would always advise people, if ever you ever have a date and you meet somebody, meet them in a place which is very crowded. We used to say Victoria Station under the clock. That way. And also have somebody there with you. Not to stand with you, but just to observe and make sure that it's all okay. Don't ever do blind dates. You know, they're not the best. London's full of some very odd people. You could be listening to one now. And, And you just have to be sort of, you have to be aware. You have to be aware of what's going on around you. And of course, at this time of year, you know, you will go out to clubs. You will go out to parties. And people will say to you, I love you. I really love you. And and you'll believe them, but they're, they're just telling you fibs, OK? Because they can't bring themselves to say, you're very fat and you're not going to pull anybody else tonight, OK? So I'm it. That's, you know, that's how it will. You have to be very careful, especially in the office. The office is the worst place for relationships. Absolutely terrible. Terrible. Uh, oh, wait. F- sorry. 8485. I forgot what I was doing. 84850 So we're looking this morning uh, for people who... who are, are big, and somebody's told them they're big, and that's encouraged them, as in case of Dave, to lose the weight. Because somebody says you're really fat, and then I always go, it's water retention. You know, I'm on insulin, and insulin makes you a little bit fatter, but I know somebody else in this building is on insulin, they haven't put an ounce of weight, so I can't get away with that one anymore. I just have to admit that somebody left some biscuits on the desk last night, and I had two of them this morning. OK, there you go. That is my admittance to you today, that I've had two chocolate biscuits. I'm um, sounding perkier than usual. It's because of the chocolate and the sugar. But there again, we've all got to have a little treat at Christmas. I do have the little satsumas. And that's where they're staying in the box, I'm afraid. I shan't be eating those. It's early breakfast. It's LBC 97.3. So has somebody told you you're too fat? Have you been encouraged or have you gone, and then just carried on eating? Do you still send Christmas cards? And do you buy pets presents for Christmas? 0845 6060 973. And what's the secret of a good relationship? And don't tell me the obvious, please. Thank you very much indeed. What's the secret of a long relationship? There's a couple in the paper today. He's 97, she's 93. They're still happily married. Can you beat that? On FM, online and digital radio, London's biggest conversation... Morning, LBC 97.3, Steve Allen's Early Breakfast. All the papers picking up on what we did yesterday on the programme. It's amazing, you do it one day and they all pick up that the Shroud of Turin, they've now uh, cast doubt over all the people who said that it was fake. They're now saying that it's, it's probably genuine. It's not. It's fake. OK, let's end it like that, because it's, it's just a ridiculous argument that there is no way that if this is the shroud that, uh, that Christ was buried in, it throws the Bible completely out the window. Completely out the window. Because uh, if God made earth in heaven, uh, sorry, uh, made heaven and earth in seven days, you're not actually going to find this kind of thing. This person, this this particular shroud, is, it's not as old as people think it is. They can tell by the weave and everything else. And they said it's by somebody who was who was crucified. Well, that was the method of execution. Then everybody was crucified. You know, you couldn't move for crucifixions. Crucifixions were, like, big on the agenda. If this was, you know, way back in those days, and we were doing crucifixions today, there'd be about 1,400 of them going on, because that's what they did. They did crucifixions. And as I've said a million times before, if this was the shroud that Christ was buried in, the Pope would be sleeping in. They'd have commandeered it for Vatican City. But they very wisely decided not to, uh, not to run with it at all. So, this morning, uh, we're talking about what the... Uh, what the success of a good marriage is, as we found a, a couple in the paper, I'll tell you who they are a little bit later on, uh, who 
Uh, he's 97, she's 93, and they're still happily married. Still happily... What is the secret of a good marriage, apart from the usual, which I think tails off after a while anyway? And as men are being urged to tell women that they need to lose weight for the sake of their health, have you ever told somebody, or, or would you, tell somebody that they were too fat... Has anybody ever told you to lose weight? I mean, apart you can understand the doctor saying you're you're overweight, your you know your body mass is is too much, and you need to lose it. That's fine, but should friends? I mean, should you be honest and tell friends if they're a little bit overweight? I mean, I'm I'm not sure whether or not we should be. I think you could offend somebody by saying you know you really are far too fat, and they go, "We've never said anything before." I know, but Steve Allen said this morning it was okay to say it, so I could get myself into a lot of trouble. Or are you too thin? You're one of these people who goes around, one of those annoying people, who goes, do you know, I cannot put on an ounce of weight. It's really depressing. I'd love to be that depressed person. Do you still send Christmas cards? Because there's a, a new survey out to say that people are moving away from sending Christmas cards and they just say, listen, I'm, I'm sending a donation to charity this year. I'm not going to uh, not send Christmas cards out. Because if, if you're sending, and I know lots of celebrities who would probably send out a few hundred cards, I would like to imagine... How many cards uh, Scott and Barbara send out, or Biggins, or anybody? It, it, it could run into hundreds, if not more. If not more. All got to be done, all got to be written out and sent off and post. Oh, it's, it's very time-consuming, very time-consuming. Perhaps people sit there and go, all right, you do that pile, I'll do this pile. And then you've got to make sure you've got all the addresses. And you go, oh, crikey. I think there are companies that do it for people now. So do you still send Christmas cards? And uh, what was the other? Oh, yes. Do you send your pet's presents for Christmas? Do you go and buy pet presents? This is after Anne Widdicombe said she sent one of the cats at Battersea Cat and Dog's home a present for Christmas. <laughs> I don't know what presents you buy. 0845 Six oh six oh nine seven three. Here's, uh, oh, in the paper today, lovely Lucy Mecklenburg. I prefer to call her the cheat as opposed to anything else. And, uh, really, having seen her on The Only Way is Essex... Not a lot going on there at all, I'm afraid. But there is a, a new series. Oh, actually, I discovered the other day. I think there's a... Is it Nevermind the Buzzcocks? It's on Christmas... On the 29th of December. Jerry from Hanwell's has, has, has got a job on there. And it's something to do with Nancy Delolio. That's all I can tell you. I'll find out exactly what the programme's called a little bit later on. But uh, they've got another one here. Keith, Keith Lemon is doing his celebrity juice. And they've really scraped the barrel. Corrie's Michelle Keegan and uh, Amy Childs. Not the brightest penny in the box, but uh, that'll be marginally interesting, as we'll all have a, a bit of a laugh at her. Poor soul. Not her fault, is it? I mean, that's the, that's the best we, c- we can manage. Um, Steve, I can't get under 11 stone 5. I've given up drinking and smoking. Before, I used to go between 9, 6 and 9, 8. I'm not going back to smoking just to lose weight. Also, I never have a Christmas dinner, but my daughter cooks. I don't eat any different from one year to the next. I get plenty of exercise with two dogs. And uh, can't get under 11 stone 5. I think people have a target. I think people had a, have a target that they, they get to, and you cannot go under it. So you get to 11 stone 5, you go, right, that's fine. Can I get below it? No, I can't. 0845 973 and, uh, and Julian Felton says, uh, I've sent e-cards and all the cards and melody cards. And this year I sent you uh, a paper one. Hope you got it. I did. Thank you very much. I've had really some lovely cards this year. Don't get me wrong. I love receiving cards. I think it's really a nice thing to have. I mean, really, I, I, I love receiving. Also, it looks terribly impressive. You know, how do you get a whole stack of cards on your desk? I mean, not everybody gets loads of cards. You know, and I like to share my cards with them. Not. Uh, you know, I, I, like to, I like to think nice thoughts. 
I don't. Um, I like to. I used to send cards to my fellow presenters. But I don't think we do that anymore. We don't. Also, because you see them in the office, I'll just bring in something for them. What I what I generally do is sort of take a photograph of all my cards piled up, and then I send that out to them. Like you know, how many did you get this year? You know, it's, it's, it, which is always a caring thing. I think you don't think so. No, I didn't think so either. Dan, good morning. Morning, Steve. How are you? I'm good. I'm good this morning. Well, I'm I'm, I'm good because I think Christmas is just around the corner and it's moving a little bit fast for me. <laughs> Can finally look forward to it, eh? Exactly. I'm so looking forward to Turkey. Oh, me too. Me too. Stone. Listen, about five years ago, mate, I weighed about twenty-six and a half stone. Good grief. Um, I was ill, you know, very ill, as, oh. as you could imagine, with that sort of uh, yes. size. Managed to lose a lot of weight. I was on a TV program back then. Um, and what I found amazing was after I lost the weight, people would say to me, well, you know, we were really worried about you when you were that big. Mm. And I thought, why did no one ever mention it? Why did no one ever say to me, you know, Dan, you, 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 you put on a few? And so I made a vow that I would always tell a friend if I thought that they were going to get that big. And the amount of friends I've lost over it, that's the sad thing. Oh, mind you, my argument would be there. Are they real friends? Well, not necessarily best friends, they're acquaintances. But, you yeah. know, f- from seeing what I went through, I would have imagined people might have listened, but I seem to offend a lot of people. But I'd rather do that mm. than be at their funeral in five years' time. Do you know yes, what I mean? Yes, absolutely. Well, I'm with you 100% there. I think you. I mean, it, it works both ways. You know, people saying things to you, you saying things to people. You sort out who who your real friends are, the people Absolutely. that, as they say, you know, you don't speak to them for three months, but then you just pick up the phone and carry on where you left off. Yeah, you're right. You know, I, I can't bear it if somebody says, you haven't, you haven't written to me for ages and ages. You go, yeah, but it doesn't mean I'm not thinking about you. No, that's I'm right. always thinking about you. I just haven't had enough time, but I'm thinking about you, I promise you. I think that's the difference between men and women as well, you know. I can, see, I can not see a friend of mine for a year, and I could still pick up the phone or bump into him will be the same as we ever did. But yes, yes. with women, I think it's, if you haven't spoken for a few weeks, they sort of start to think, well... You know, are you still my friend, so... Yeah, I mean, I, I, think, I think friends are very... Str- I mean, I used to think that the amount of phone numbers you had in your book was the amount of friends that you had. Yeah. And then I suddenly realised it wasn't. It just meant you had a lot of numbers in your book. And now you've got a thousand Facebook friends and you think you've got lots of mates. I know, I know. I mean, <laughs> luckily, I don't think I'm on Facebook. Um, but th- there's loads of things like that. Well, I, I know I am, but it, it, I'm not on Facebook physically. But we have all these these sort of different... You know things that people join now—the Twitter and the tweeting—and you know—and it's 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 quite nice. And also for a lot of people, it's it's a great comforter at this time of year. I know people get a bit fed up at Christmas. You know, if you haven't got family or you've lost people, then I think it's very difficult. But uh, eventually, we all get through it in in one way or another. LBC ninety-seven point three, Barnes. Steve Allen. Eighteen minutes past six. Nick Ferrari this morning. What do you think? Come on, hands up. I'll tell you straight away, they're going to be talking about Occupy London. They've moved into uh, into a courthouse, I believe, now. That'll be the fourth occupation. I was reading a report yesterday on uh, the filthy people who are outside St Paul's Cathedral. Somebody actually went to the toilet inside the cathedral. Actually inside the cathedral. These people are scum. These people are scum. They're not all like that, but they've been infiltrated by, unfortunately, some, somebody daubed 666 on one of the front pillars of St Paul's Cathedral. And we're still faffing around in court, so they'll be talking about that. Uh, Nick will be speaking to the Archbishop of Westminster whether we've lost control of the protest. We've completely lost control. We've completely lost control. If people are allowed to walk in and occupy places and we don't do it, we just, oh, let's leave them there, shall we? Not me. I'll be in with a water cannon, I'm afraid. Uh, Also, a father who lost his son to drugs has blamed the school... I don't know how big a problem drugs are in school. It certainly, certainly wasn't in my day, but I'm quite sure it, uh, it is now. And, uh, and also the Christmas battle of men versus women. Who does more? 
come on. I mean, that is just, that's a no-hoper. It's women. Women absolutely do more than men. It's the only day of the year where they have to start cooking from the early hours because a turkey takes forever. And, um, and I, unless, of course, you think differently. Maybe in your house it's a little bit differently. Uh, the paper reviewer is the Archbishop Vincent Nichols, Archbishop of Westminster and President of the Catholic Bishops' Conference of England and Wales. I wonder if they'll mention the Turin Shroud this morning. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? I'd quite like to get their, their take on it. They're all playing it down at the Vatican. Like, well, you know, it's, you know it's, it, it just goes to show somebody suffered, you know, for us. They're, they're, they're not quite prepared to back it up by saying, this is the shroud that the body of Christ was wrapped in. They're not going to go that far. Sean! Hello, Steve. Morning, Sean. Good. You send yeah. Christmas cards? Oh, I do. I'm just finishing my night shift and um, just turned on to LBC, as I usually do on the way home. Good, good, good. And, um, yeah, we still send Christmas cards far and wide and uh, to my work colleagues. And I also um, buy my dog a Christmas present, or our dog, I should say. All of a sudden, it's our dog, is it? Well, yeah, yeah. It's it's funny. When when she's playing up, she's my dog. When she's being a good girl, it's our dog. That's right. I mean, so... (laughs) So how many cards do you send a year, then? Um, on average, I should imagine it's between 40 and 50 cards. Oh, wow. So, um, of, and I'm going to say this tongue-in-cheek, the more, um, the closer the friends, the better the card, if that makes me sense. And so do you buy, now do you buy individual cards, or do you buy a box of cards? Well, as I say, for the special friends, I buy, like obviously for the for the better for my significant other, mm. I buy her an individual card. Right. The dog obviously gets an individual card. <laughs> <laughs> you're not serious. <laughs> Tell me, you're not serious. Yeah, yeah. my work colleagues get the ninety nine p that's right. But the trouble is, sometimes you have to go through the cards. You go, that really is a naff picture. I can't send that. <laughs> it's yeah. so naff. And that goes to the bottom of the box. And at the end of Christmas, there's always about five or six cards in those boxes that you think, they're so rubbish, these. <laughs> and yeah. the envelopes are not very good. No. And what I do with them, <laughs> um, about this sort of time of the year, I leave them in my bag at work or my locker just in case I forget some. I mean, it's like my emergency um, yes. criminal. Pile, do you know, you know I do the same. I do the same. I've got a box of cards in the boot of the car, and, and, and somebody goes, oh, I've got your cards here. And I go, do you know, I've got yours somewhere in the boot <laughs> yes. of the car. I'm inside there writing out the card as quick as possible. Yes, we've all done it. Listen, um, we're off to sunnier climbs tomorrow, so... Oh, are you? Nice... Where? Happy New Year to you. Thank you. Sunnier climbs are where? Cyprus, mate. Oh, my God. Cyprus. What, what you're deserting us for Christmas? Yeah, we've got a place over there, but hopefully it's sunnier over there than it is over here, mate. I hear monsoons, but there you go, that's just me. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, Sean. Bye. <laughs> Cyber. Isn't it awful when people say we're going away to sunnier climbs? You know, go and stay here, the rest of us are here. Um, Anne says, I send cards to close friends and relatives abroad. Uh, Kevin says, my ex-wife told me the secret is, was, of a good marriage was give and take. I gave, she took. Works out quite well, doesn't it, I think. Uh, and Lynn says, I always buy gifts for pets. Our dog, Henry, loves ripping off the papers. Then there's my daughter's two cats, Iggy and Steve. Steve for a cat. My nephew's cat, Dibs, and my friend's dog, Parker. Blimey. Helen in Harrow says, my mum and dad got married in 1948. They celebrated 60 years together in 2008, just before he died at the age of 86. He would have been 90 next year on the 17th of March. So happy Christmas to everybody. Gosh, 17th of March. Oh, what a familiar day the 17th is. Johnny, Jim Bound, and looking for Eamon. 
think he might be doing a fitness DVD this... You know, I've only ever heard of one celebrity, and that's Jennifer Ellison's, with that ridiculous picture of her looking fat and bloated. I've never seen that in real life. She's always been a skinny minx. Don't waste your money, please, on silly DVDs losing weight over Christmas. Go to your doctor, get a diet sheet, just eat healthily. Little, often, bit of exercise. You don't need to waste £17 on a fitness DVD. You really don't. You really, really don't. I find it easy, says Johnny to tell anyone they're fat and it's pointless to dress us up with cute-sounding phrases. They can reach a stage where you give up explaining nutrition, exercise or anything to gain a healthier long-term lifestyle. And I found that it's too easy to become the know-all bore. So I cut it short and I say, I've let myself balloon up, but in three months we'll be back in great shape and fit. But you will still be fat. Or as they said on the uh, Little Britain, but you, yes, something else. Which is great, isn't it? Here, the simple statement to shut the excuse experts up. We all have the same 24 hours. It's true. It's true. Uh, Jeremy says, um, uh, I discovered my wife has started cutting up and reusing cards we've received this year as gift tags. The excuse was times of austerity. I think gift... I, knew, I know a company who do that. They cut, they cut tags out. They give them to children. They cut tags out. I think it's quite nice, isn't it? I like a, I like a good tag. I do like a good tag on, on a present. And I also like a good bow. And they're so cheap now. You don't need to, you know, you get four for 99p in the card factory. And they're really, they're really impressive. But they don't stick to anything. Nothing sticks anymore. I stuck it on, uh, on a little present the other day. It is the smallest present I've given anybody. And it's very, and the bow, bow's fallen off again this morning. Not very happy about that at all, I'm afraid. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk, or 08456060973. And uh, one here from Laura, who says, uh, wish you and the team at LBC 97.3 and all my friends who listen, including Jackie, Noreen, Paul and Julie. Laura in Kent wishes a Merry Christmas to you. She's nice, isn't it? When people sort of share Christmas. Um, Don't tell, says Mary, Cleo, my dog, Steve, but Santa's got her a fluorescent frisbee. Okay. We have to go out in the dark sometimes, and she likes to run a lot. So that's Mary and Clear with the fluorescent... Fr- <laughs> I bet you're going to wrap it as well, aren't you? I can just tell. And um, uh, Mark from Angels, you know, they gave us all those lovely costumes. He says, loving the panto pictures we did, you inspired the Angels e-card, a dress-up Santa game. <laughs> he says, a very happy Christmas from Mark, Tim et al. I believe there's some new pictures going up from Angels. I think Christmas Day... I think I think Christmas Day. I think so. It's all happening over Christmas, isn't it? Because we've got so many more pictures that we had to... A four-hour film set, four-hour film set, a photo shoot with Mark rushing around and Tim and uh, Adrian and me. And it, but they came out really well, actually. I mean, they really... I mean, I thought I looked really good in some of them. You know, I mean, I don't say that very often because I don't take good pictures. I'm rubbish. I'm rubbish. The only good pictures I ever see of me are Chris Christodoulou, who takes them for the shows, and... Uh, and Adrian, who managed to take some really good ones, but they had, like, a studio at Angels, which is really, really lovely. I see that Lewis Hamilton is making a dream come true on the new Jim will Fix It with Shane Ritchie, which they, I think they must have recorded. Phil Dale, who is, uh, who is Shane's, uh, Shane's agent. <laughs> I just had to say that. I just had to say that, because I bumped into him at Brinsworth a short while ago, and he said, Shane's always listening to you first thing in the morning as he's going to Elstree's, especially when you slag him off. He loves that bit. <laughs> So there you go. So I shall reciprocate. I should be nice today, Phil. And uh, it's uh, it's uh, Boxing Day, I think. Boxing Day. So Shane Ritchie is doing this revamp of uh, Jim will fix it. And they've got a really good one uh, for Lewis Hamilton. I don't know. I mean, have you, have you ever wanted to uh, to learn how to drive fast cars? 
I, I have, actually. I have. <laughs> Paul Cooper. I went into Paul Cooper's shop the other day. Didn't know what to buy the boys in the shop, apart from gloves and a central heating system. But uh, I gave them uh, a, a jar of chupper chups. Gave them a whole, bought them a whole jar of chocolate. I don't what do you buy for people nowadays? Very difficult, isn't it? You know, the chemist got chocolates. My doctor got chocolates. You have to buy chocolates, don't you? And for the girls in the, in the doctor's surgery, you've got to buy chocolates for people. And then up at the garage where they look after the car, Jerry and all the guys up there, Steve and everybody else, and Peter, it's, it's a case of sort of chocolate. They, they also got chopper chops. And, uh, and then you suddenly realise at the end, I'm, I'm kind of a couple of presents short. So I've got to nip out today and go and get some more presents. But we're, we're talking today about uh, what you give your dog or cat for Christmas. Um, uh, because a lot, I'm, I'm, I'm totally convinced that pet owners everywhere do buy presents for their, for their pets. You just do it because you think, well, everybody else is having a present. Why not the dog or the cat or the hamster? You know, the hamster might get sort of a new ball to wander around in or something. And, uh, and for the cat, it was always sort of something with a bell in it. And if you've got you know, budgerigars, I suppose you buy them an extra bit of trill or something. I don't know what you buy for budgerigar, I don't know. Uh, or a mirror. They can go, and you, and you sit there going, who's a pretty boy then? Who's a pretty boy? I do that around here. I look in the mirror and go, who's a pretty boy? And back comes, not you, fatty, because it's one of those truth mirrors. Trevor says the secret of a lasting marriage is a content woman who has her husband where she thinks she wants him. That kind of sums it up. Uh, Neil's up on the M1, en route to deliver some fantastic printed brochures to Manchester. He said, I will be listening to your show on my iPhone. So there you go. Well, I hope you have a safe journey up there. And they've got a new... Um, I only mention this because it's coming up in February. We always have events taking place in Trafalgar Square. And this is the Russian uh, Maslanitsa Festival from the 19th to the... T- my pronunciation was so good there. The Russians everywhere going, he speaks Russian, he speaks Russian. Simples. Uh, 19th to the 26th of February, Russian uh, Maslanitsa Festival. They've got everything, including a Russian pop group, uh, Balagan Limited. They've got uh, folk. They've got uh, legendary rock band Chafe, prize-winning vocal ensemble, a cappella express, and they've got food and everything. It sounds wonderful, doesn't it? I'm not really sure what Russian food is. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's Legendary rock band shape. Well, in, in, in Russia, they're legendary rock band. In, in Moscow, Simples. And, uh, and they'll be playing. We went to the, to the zoo the other day, London Zoo, and they've got lots of meerkats everywhere. I don't care, whichever way you tart it up, meerkats are funny. Meerkats are just funny. Otters are even funnier. And uh, Richard in Wapping says, I bought my cat a Christmas present, a bottle of Johnny Walker. Oh, how lovely, because you'll have to drink it, won't you? My, that's my favourite party game. My favourite party game, I'll tell you about in in a moment. It's LBC 97.3. have to remind you of that. It's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast, and it's 6.30. Oi, fatty. That's the kind of thing you should be saying to people, or not, as the case may be. Men are being urged to tell women if they need to lose weight for the sake of their health. I think there's a way of saying it, though, isn't there? It's a case of... uh, I don't know what you would say to somebody. I can't think of anything, can't think of any roundabout way of sort of doing it. Yeah, the, that's a little bit tight on you. Have, you. have you put on a couple of ounces? Fatty. You know, I mean, that, that kind of thing. You know, my goodness me, that, that's, that's very tight, isn't it? God, you're fat. You know, you, you're something else. I just love that line. Would you tell somebody if they were too fat? Do you, not, I mean, you do feel tempted, don't you? You walk past fast food place, you see somebody in there, and their bottom is hanging over the edge of the seat, both sides, and you think, you really shouldn't. So, you know, please, if people like that are going to eat in the window of Kentucky, move them to the move them to the back of the shop. Don't have them sitting in the window. Have thin people sitting at the front. Should be a sign on the seats only for thin people. 
Because you don't want to be an advert, do you? It's like standing in the fish and chip shop and you go, I'll have um, rock salmon and chips and just while I'm waiting, I'll have a sausage and batter. Because you're, you're so tempted, aren't you? And the lights in there make all the food look really, really nice. Jane Moore has done her list, the honours list for 2011. And uh, these are the sort of the delusional awards. I'm afraid it goes to Nancy Doolally. You know, a woman so in love with herself, it's almost an embarrassment. I look so good for 50. You don't, darling, OK? Everybody's telling you that. And she's just lost a libel case in the High Court where they described her as, I can't remember what it was, whatever it was, it was fairly accurate, but Nancy wasn't there in court. She was the one who wanted Alicia Dixon to apologise, didn't she, after she made comments, because she was so useless, Nancy Delolio. The woman has no talent for doing anything. I don't know what her particular talent is, but whatever it is, it hasn't become apparent to us yet. Perhaps she's good at knitting. Perhaps she's good at knitting. Also, the notable mention, this uh, this is the Cerebrally Challenged Award, and it goes to poor Jessica Wright. This is Mark Wright's sister. Obviously, dimness runs in the family, I'm afraid. She she was the one who tweeted, Rest in peace for the North Korean dictator Kim Jong-il. A woman so stupid, you know, she's only hampered by her shoe size, I should imagine. She later admitted she didn't know who he was. Dim or what, I'm afraid, Jessica. And this is a 26-year-old. Very embarrassing. Frankie Kokosa, the minimally talented Jack the Lad, who blew his X-Factor opportunity by partying too hard and taking Class A drugs. Uh, the winner, though, is Chantel Houghton, another dimbo, I'm afraid, of the First Order, who features, I believe, on the front of OK! magazine because they can't find any proper celebrities, so they have to, they have to go low-rent. So they've got uh, Chantel and Alex, because they're so love, uh, next to Pete and, um, and Katie Price, because they're... They're, like, together for the sake of the kids. It's all a bit low-rent. But anyway, Chantel was the one who thought that the sun and the moon were the same thing. And you can't believe it, can you? I mean, how this woman ever actually gets up in the morning, God alone knows. But Jane Moore says here, you don't have to be monumentally thick to be a reality star, but it quite clearly helps. <laughs> so, if you've got any better nominations, do let me know. Do you send Christmas cards? Do you send Christmas cards? Do let me... A, a, a lot of people do, some people, as you heard earlier on, send to their dog as well. Because I see no reason why the dog shouldn't have a Christmas card. But I don't know if you put a picture of a cat on the front or, or you know, if you're sending a card to a cat. They don't, do they make things like... I've never been into Pets R Us, but I'm assuming there must be a whole range of doggy and, uh, and cat kind of cards. Here is this couple, Sydney and Phyllis Smith. They are one of Britain's longest married couples. They're celebrated their 75th anniversary. 75th. They've got a card from the Queen. They've got three children, four grandchildren and two great-grandchildren. He's 97. She's 95. They met in 1930. They were wed in Coventry in 1936 and their house cost them £529. What is the secret of a long marriage? And Sid, who's a freeman of Coventry, a place where people send you to if you've been really horrible, uh, he said the secret is... Single beds. And I believe that that works for a lot of people. The Queen and Prince Philip, single beds, separate bedrooms. It works. Because if, you know, as you get a bit older, you might snore or, you know, something like that, make noises in the night. Uh, He says, we need space to get over the arguments, but I still love her. Isn't that nice to hear? At 97 and 90. She, of course, was... (laughs) Didn't say a word throughout that one there. Uh, I lost four stones, Steve, this year. I'd like to go swimming, but I hate the way I look. Are there any rules about fully covering yourself up in the pool? Says Sue. 41 years married today and best friends. Just be honest with each other. So there you go. Steve, I cannot put on uh, more weight. I can literally eat anything and not put on anything. I weigh eight stone. 
eight stone. That's nice, isn't it? When you can't, you know, you don't have to sort of put put weight on. Wilma says, looking forward to listening to you over Christmas, because just in case you weren't aware, I shall tell you I'm here on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day and Boxing Day. Christmas Eve, Christmas Day and Boxing Day from 10 in the morning until 2. So we shall, we shall pull everything apart and it'll be absolutely wonderful. Nick Ferrari looking at the papers this morning, the Archbishop Vincent Nichols, who's the Archbishop of Westminster and President of the Catholic Bishops' Conference of England and Wales. Vad, morning. 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 You were mentioned that in Maslinita. Yes. It actually spelled Maslinita. Oh, right. It's when Russians are making the... Before the land. What is it? What sort of festival is it? It's a Christian tradition, actually. Lent is uh, when they... It's the last uh, day, it's the last week, last period, before the... uh, The Maslinita is before the land, when everyone stops eating the fat and fatty and... uh, um, food. And, and and there will be lots of uh, blini? Blini, yes, yeah. absolutely. Blini, lovely. That's why normally we go on the Trafalgar Square. And I, I, do. Have, have we had this before in Trafalgar Square? Yes. Last, last year. Oh, I must have missed it last year. I shall try it this year. Well, it's kind of a big crowd, eh? <laughs> Oh, I, listen, I can do crowds. Yeah. <laughs> I can do crowds. And, and rowdy as well, is it? Crowded? No, I said it's crowded. Crowded, yes. Yeah, and maslinista is like uh, from the bread, uh, from the butter. It's uh, the masla in Russian is butter. Oh, That's butter! Why oh, yeah, butter again. Ma- <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. So you <laughs> eat it before the lunch, and then you stop eating it for a while. Oh, sounds wonderful! And, and do yes. people drink lots of uh, lots of vodka? Well, of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> if, it wouldn't be Russia without vodka, would it? I think yes. I'm looking forward to it. So that, that's in uh, that's the 19th of February. Uh, it depends. It's, uh, it's always in different days. Uh, yeah, it's I think not like in the same day. Yeah, on on this year it's the 19th. And, and you have to make have to make it really with caviar. Right. Yeah, it's <laughs> the 19th to the 26th. Sure, sure it is. So that's good. So it, it says here it's the largest celebration of Russian culture, art, music, and food anywhere outside of Russia. Exactly. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> I should put it. Will you be going down there? Absolutely, with my friends. I sh- well, I shall probably hook up with you. I should be down there as well. You can you can edu- educate me on Russian food. You're more than welcome. It's <laughs> all delicious. Sounds lovely. Don't, don't talk about it now. I've got to get through Christmas. <laughs> as soon as I get through Christmas, then I can start worrying about anything else that comes from Russia. Just finish your turkey and here you go. Oh, lovely, Vad. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Take Whatever. care. Bye. Bye. Bye uh, occupying. London, and moving to another location now. Nick Ferrari will talk about that this morning on the programme, because it's uh, it's just getting a little bit out of hand. And, as I say, the Christmas battle of men versus women. Who does the most? You see, I th- I'm, not, I'm not crawling. I think it's women who do the most over Christmas, because they have to go out because, say, the man's working, and you've got to get the presents in, you've got to wrap them, then you've got to make sure you've got Christmas dinner. Although, if you're very wise, you've booked somewhere else to go for Christmas dinner. Because nobody wants to stand in the kitchen, do they? They really don't. You know, there's no place... Unless you've really got a big farmhouse kitchen. But if you're working on a little belling oven or something, you can't do it. It doesn't work the same way. So if you go to a local pub and and you go out there, then you can have a nice time. You can put your feet up. You can have a few... If it's within walking distance, you know, it's, uh, it's great. Bob Turner, 
says, uh, why are you critical of Cheryl Cole? Do you know, bless your heart, Bob, we haven't mentioned Cheryl Cole for for months on this programme. I don't know whether you're listening in delay or something. We, we're not remotely interested in her, I'm afraid. Absolutely. Perhaps you're podcasting, but we haven't, we haven't mentioned her at all. We, 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 we've left her to one side because, you know, she went as far as she could in her career and it's finished now. So there's, there's no point in sort of in adding to her misery over the Christmas season, which apparently she is. She is going to be um, apparently having Christmas dinner. She's cooking for people. I don't know what her cooking skills are like, but uh, we'll wait and see. Brian in Hampton Hill says, I've got Iris's cat Lottie, a box of three packs of Dreamies and a toy mouse. Why do we assume that all cats like toy mice? Why do we think that? <laughs> yes, we are, our cat never liked them, but it was frightened of them. It was frightened. <laughs> it used to, used to hide. <laughs> oh, dear. I have to laugh, actually. I'm taking my daughter, says Anna, in Chipperfield to see the Nutcracker at Covent Garden. We've done so every year since she was four, and that is the start of Christmas. You see, people have that day, don't they, where they go, this is the start of Christmas. And and now, I think it's sort of moving in. Reg says, uh, of course my canine friends always get presents at Christmas. I've got photos going back over the years, my various dogs opening their gifts. I think they just see us opening ours and they enjoy getting theirs and ripping the paper off. Yeah, but what do you buy them? What do you buy dogs for Christmas? Would it be a, a squeaky bone or something like that? Yeah, that's the kind of thing, isn't it? Uh, Jean says, my son, aged 41, was 19 stone this time last year. Went to the doctor, got a diet sheet. He's type 2 diabetic. He's now 12 stone, 9, target 11, 5. You see? The, the, the diet sheet's free. The doctors hand them out. You know, want a diet sheet? Free. I mean, if, would, it, would it be better if they charged you money? Would you feel better? Because some people obviously want to part with money for these celebrity... <coughs> excuse me. Cool uh, for these celebrity DVDs, which won't work. I'm telling you, they won't work. You'll buy another one next year. You've probably got a complete collection of the things. Jay Louise bought her cat a Santa outfit. I rest my case. This is LBC 97. Morning, June says, my husband asked his sister, four feet eight and 18 stone, what nice trousers. Didn't they have them in your size? It's a bit cruel, isn't it? It's amazing how cruel people can be. Blanche, morning. Morning, Steve. Morning, morning. I just wanted a phone to thank you for being there for us. For Christmas. Well, I, I, I wasn't doing anything. I thought I'd pop in. Oh, nothing. You <laughs> do this every year for us. And quite seriously, it's a horrible time for a lot of people. It is. But with you on the air, it's fine. I've well... got my tiny tangents, and now <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I'd, well, you and me together, you and me together, we have our tiny tangerines, we have a lot of... Actually, there'll be loads of people around Christmas Day. It's, it's, I mean, Christmas Day, Boxing Day is the time. You're, and, and you are quite right. Some people hate it. They absolutely... I've got friends who hate Christmas. They they loathe it with a passion. They can't wait for it to be over. They cannot wait to get back to work. Me, I like it. I've got a lot of driving to do this year. I'm going to be sort of, you know, driving to Epping for fish and chips, I believe. That'll, that'll pile on the pounds, but I'm quite... Look, I could eat fish and chips now, actually, on just a sausage and batter. I certainly couldn't eat one of these deep-fried butter balls. <laughs> Sounds disgusting. How many people go missing in the UK every year? This is to highlight how many youngsters are living... In, in other accommodation, apart from the accommodation that their families live in. How many people go missing in the UK every year? Would you believe a quarter of a million people every year go missing? And they're all ages, you know, from 15, even younger, up to 50, 60-year-olds. I mean, out of those, 100,000 are children. 100,000. That's why, when people are talking about 
Madeleine McCann, and I was saying, let's not forget all the other children. There is a hundred. Th- there's another ninety-nine thousand nine hundred ninety-eight children out there who go missing. Lee Boxall, you remember, is is a very famous young man. He was fifteen when he left home in nineteen eighty-eight to go to football, and he's not been seen since. He'd be in his thirties now, and his mum, Chris, who's seventy, says we always wonder about him. Where did he? Where did he end up? Where is he? You know, is he out there somewhere? Is he listening to this program? You don't know, do you? There's Robert Chappell. He was 56. He had a couple of pints after work. Vanished. Never been. Si- He's now got two uh, grandchildren. He's become a great, great-grandfather. And his kids have said they want to see him again. But some people just disappear. But when it's somebody like Lee Boxall, I remember talking about it back in 1988. And nobody could believe it. They thought, perhaps he will show up. But he never showed up. So now in his 30s, another one here. This is Lloyd Bax, last seen in Folkestone two months ago. Vanished off the face of the earth. Where do they go to? You know, if these people are wandering about, are they moved into... Are they in hostels? Are they in squats? Where are they? Where are they? Richard Hall was 48, last seen in Humberside in 1998. Never been... No, nothing from them since. Nothing at all. Uh, Steve, to all the people that have lost weight, I found it. Me. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, Paul says, my weight loss has been due to changing from normal Coke to Diet Coke with my supersized burger meal. I don't think, actually, didn't they prove that even if you drank Diet Coke for the rest of your life, you weren't going to lose weight on it? It, it, it doesn't actually help, I'm afraid. And uh, Dove in Israel, thank you. Alan says, the best present for a dog is a box of plastic bags with instructions on how to use them. Yes, why can't they clean up after themselves? You can teach them to do it. Sit, stay, fetch. Why can't you teach them to clean up? Heavens above, the cat does it. Why can't the dogs do it? Should you tell people they're fat? Oi! Fat, 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 fat. You know, or should you just pop it on a postcard? You know, dear so-and-so, you're fat. Best best wishes, your next-door neighbour. You know, OK. You know, things like that. You know, or the bus driver. You get on the bus and they go, by God, you're something else, aren't you? We haven't got a seat to take you. I went to... Where did I go the other day? I sat on a... Oh, a train seat. And, you know, there wasn't much room between me and the seat in front. And I thought, if you... Oh, it's a bus. It was a bus. I remember that. It was red. It was a bus. Definitely a bus. And, uh, no, it was a rickshaw. No, it was a rickshaw. And I remember getting on it, and... No, it was definitely a bicycle. And, and I remember getting on the thing and thinking, why is there no room on buses now? You've got to turn sideways. Bit of a shame, really. So, has somebody told you to lose weight? Has somebody ever said to you, you're too fat? Or too thin? Do you still send Christmas cards? And what is the secret of a long marriage? 0845 973 or 84850... But 08456060973. Do you still send the Christmas cards? Do you like send? Do you like receive? Actually, because I always think if if you send, you receive. So sometimes I don't send and I don't receive, which is a bit, bit of an embarrassment, especially for sort of family. But I mean, at what point do you stop sending to the family? I don't. I mean, you know, it seems to go on for ages and ages. Oh dear, there's another woman. After you remember Harry and Caroline. This is Caroline Flack and Harry from a little boy band uh, who jump around, and uh, he's seventeen and she's. 32, I think, 34. They found another woman here. And this is uh, um, Angelica Hart. She's a mum of six. Um, She's 34. She looks so much older than 34, I have to tell you. But that could be the six children. And so she has a a boyfriend who is 20. Uh, She likes caviar. In fact, judging by the size of it, she likes quite a lot of caviar. She likes eating in the ivy. I don't really know what what she does. But uh, her interests are astrology. Oh, dear. But uh, and she's talking about it. Why do these people want to come out of the woodwork and stop telling you about their love life? And he's actually 20. And um, I, don't, 
I don't really know why people want to tell you about things like that. I really don't. JT in Greenford says, could you please say Merry Christmas to everybody at the Afro-Caribbean Leukaemia Trust? We have done so. So, Merry Christmas there. Merry, Merry Christmas. Don't, don't watch television. Over, I've decided, I looked at the television and, uh, and there's not a lot. But on YouTube, the big thing at the moment is a, a talking dog. And it's very funny. I don't know if you've seen it. It is actually very funny. And that's the top video on YouTube, followed by, I think, um, a comedy sketch. A man who uh, behaves like a seven-year-old. Then there's uh, the Talking Twins, which is very funny. Uh, plus, I think, MasterChef synthesizer track featuring sound bites of Greg Wallace. Oh, I can't stand Greg Wallace. Uh, Michael Collins, impressing viewers with a rendition of Tracy Chapman's track, Fast Car. And and Right Charlie, trips of clips of troubled actor Charlie Sheen's bizarre interviews used in a song called Winning, which is great. But, uh, but the talking dog's funny. The talking dog is very, very funny. It's the kind of thing that... Uh, the, oh, look, this picture of Harry, Harry Styles waving off his teary girlfriend, Caroline Flack. He's 17. Doesn't look as though he's that bothered, actually, and she's just sort of, you know... Because she's sort of 170 or something. I don't know. And people are, people are much older in their relationships. Lacey Turner's got a job after leaving EastEnders. Um, she's going to star in a second series of Sky Living's drama, Bedlam, which is about a paramedic who sees ghosts. Wasn't that a line in a film once or something? What, what, what could you tell us about you? I see dead people. I think that was a line from a film. It might have been Six, six Sense. I knew it was something. It's funny. The things you retain. Things you retain over the years. That is my Sixth Sense coming to play. Mark Wright has got a job as a telepresenter. As long as he doesn't have to, you know, talk or say anything else, that'll be fine. He's going to be uh, fronting the spin-off on ITV2 of Take Me Out. Uh, the main programme is hosted by Paddy McGuinness. And couples are paired off, and then they're going to do a thing behind the scenes, and they get Mark Wright. It's ITV2, so none of you will see it, so it doesn't actually make any difference, I don't think. Uh, front pages. <coughs> Excuse me. Off the papers for this morning. It is, <coughs> sorry, it is the 21st today, so do not forget. You've got to nip out there and, and get stuff today. Uh, Paul in Manchester. Oh, by the way, Richie, thank you very much indeed. Thank you very much indeed for your letter. Thinking of you. Uh, says, your mention of the Christmas tags, this is Paul, took me back 40 years to make some extra cash. Mum, Miss Sister Yvonne and I used to have a little part-time job. There were some people, we were some of the people, who used to thread the Christmas labels with the strands of gold thread. We pressed out the labels from a huge sheet of card after threading them, put them in bundles of 50 and boxes of 5,000. For this, we were paid the princely sum of £2.50 a box. With the cash, we gave my dad 50 quid towards buying an old Austin Cambridge... Happy days. Forgot to say, can you please wish Sheila Fine Silver, Jackie Gant, and my many Jewish friends happy and holy Hanukkah? Certainly will. So, uh, to all those people who celebrate Hanukkah, to you as well. And uh, for Gina and Warren down at the Eel Pie Club, they're actually closed until Wednesday, the 18th of January. But uh, they've got some great gigs. They've got all the details on eelpieclub.com. So, uh, happy Christmas. And they're also recommending Dame Edna's pantomime, Dick Whittington at the New Wimbledon Theatre. Strange enough, one of the reviewers today in one of the papers has said it's, it's really great that there's at one point where, where Dame Edna does the bit about, hello, paupers. That's all the cheap people sitting in the £25 seats. And they thought that was a bit out of order. But Dame Edna's been doing that line for years in all the shows. It's a little bit mealy-mouthed. It's an excellent pantomime. You should go, go see it. Very good. Daily Mirror on the front page. It's uh, Ed Mel Miliband, his most revealing interview yet. 
The question I would want to ask is, why does your tree look so shabby? Very shabby Christmas tree on the front. I don't generally make a big thing about that. Harry, my call of duty too. This is uh, Prince Harry. Daily Express, how police can shoot rioters. Ofcom are going to investigate as well. That comment on the one show about shooting the, uh, the other people. Perhaps then it'll all become apparent to those people who complained about it without actually seeing it. And uh, well done to the Army Wives. They are the Christmas number one. So congratulations to them. And to you as well for joining us on LBC 97.3. I'm back with you tomorrow morning at uh, 5am. Don't forget, go to the LBC website. Check out the lovely photographs, lbc.co.uk forward slash Steve and the podcast and all the other good things on there. Have a great day. Wrap up warm. Nick and the team with you. After seven, first of all, the business update, Sam Pittis. Thank you, Steve. The FTSE will open after closing up 54 points at 15.